Me as my name is Badra Sain. I'm here with my beautiful wife and son, um, Kitavali. She's with the prime yoga teacher here on a Wednesday. She's come back. So I recommend her classes after, I think she did every Wednesday pretty much for nine years or something, so many years here. And she does um, ladies' retreats as well, yoga retreats, forest bathing and all that. She's a fantastic lady. So, and my son. So we're here today. Um, who am I? Uh, I'm just a little bit about me. It's good to know who I am. Obviously, you can tell I'm probably from England. Um, I spent a lot of time in London, so I got a bit more of a London accent, although I grew up in Dorset as um, a teenager, which is a more country-fied like, English accent like that, if you're anyone from the UK. So, um, he knows. He's the Welshman over there. He knows all it. So, um, I uh, come from a military background. My father's in the army, and I went to military school. Um, at the age of 11, um, which is very interesting. I uh, came out of that and became a... Yeah, I didn't go into the army. I had enough of shooting guns five years. So, um, although it taught me a lot and I, there was a lot of great things from that experience, I then went on to uh, become an activist, uh, in, an environmental activist and an animal rights activist um, back in the 80s. So I've seen quite a few decades of apparent progress in these arenas, um, which I'm not going to go too much in today, but I was always interested in social change. I was always interested in, st I studied anthropology, I went on to study anthropology and sociology at London University, and I was always interested in alternative ways of seeing things. Um, yeah, it was a very interesting time. For a lot of us, when we're teenagers and early 20s, we're experimenting, looking at things. So that led me to London University, and then from there, I stayed in London, uh, got my London accent. <laughs> and I tried to make it in the world. Uh, I was supposed to go to Australia to fight in the, for the Aborigines for their basic rights to exist, which was in 1994 in the Marbo case, but I didn't go in the end. And I stayed in London. I became very discouraged. I always think of young people today. When I was in my uh, early 20s, 1994, left university, I was very despondent and unhappy with the world. Is anyone like that today? Okay. Yeah, we're very uncertain times. Um, back then, the internet had just started. The first internet cafe just opened up in Chelsea, I think it was, and my friend worked there as a job working for the unemployment office. Got a job working at the first internet cafe. And um, so I, I remember I had a very elite, if in one sense, privileged insight into the problems of the world at that time because you could only learn it if you researched it. <laughs> it wasn't internet. You couldn't just go on and get all this information. So I was very upset with the way that the monetary system worked, um, you know, Western imperialism, and there's so many things. Uh, why people were starving, how unfair the world was. I particularly was an animal rights person as well. I was very upset with the way that modern commercial farming was going and now it's on a whole new level of animal slaughter. So I got despondent. I ended up just getting into my music and taking a break and I lived in London for about six years and then I came across the yoga text called the Bhagavad Gita in my late 20s and that really transformed my life. Because after all that investigating, being part of groups and activism and stuff, I never saw any real answers to these angry or despondent groups. It made me more angry, upset. It was, you could see this, this, the problem was bigger than the solution we could offer. Um, and you see that today. And um, so when I read the ancient yoga text, I was very surprised to see a scientific ancient presentation with complete comprehension and understanding of telling me who I am, who I'm actually, who I am really in essence, um, what my mind is, what my body is, what my intelligence is, how I have these things. And it also taught me what I'm a part of, and it taught also a scientific way of living. And we're going to get into this topic tonight on habits. Yeah, and we're going to, and I, you know, I lived in the temple for and, and, and worked in a community there and helped them for a long time, helping the homeless, distributing food. And I became a teacher at that time. I changed my tact, became a teacher, and at the same time I changed my life and changed me, my life internally. So I became a teacher, but I also started practicing mantra meditation, learning about the science of the self, the science of the self, not the belief in the self, and the science of the supreme, rather than the belief in the supreme, which is really, really interesting. 
because um, I had studied religion and spirituality at London University as well, and anthropology, I studied shamanism, which is very popular now, ayahuasca and all these pretty risky experimental stuff going on. Um, but besides that, um, yeah, I changed internally and externally. And I've spent, since that time, coming in contact with particularly Bhagavad Gita, the prime yoga text where all yoga comes from, yoga wisdom, yoga life, not just on the mat yoga. Um, it's changed my life. So since 2000, probably 22 years or so, I've been dedicating my life, particularly here in New Zealand, to educating, helping, educating myself, trying to practice what we, what we preach, so to speak. And um, yeah, and that led me and I met my wife. She was a traveling Canadian and that all, we met and a couple of years later we married and um, she's also a bhakti yogi and our, our home has been a place where we allow young men to come and cultivate a normal life <laughs> of balance, of material responsibility, spiritual progress at the same time. So we've come into our 10th year of doing that. And I also managed the loft for nine years and yeah, I've been just trying to help with the team here uh, as much as I can. So that's a little bit about me, just in a few minutes. So I have, a, I have some experience. I'm now in my 50s. Um, but I'm so glad that my life changed. And my life changed because I learned some very important principles and habits that we often neglect when it comes to spiritual searching. In the material world, we'll look at in the material platform, to be successful, there are principles we know, habits and disciplines. But when it comes to understanding the self and spirituality, often we get a bit nebulous. And we don't understand there's a science and there are principles and habits there. So if you're interested tonight, I'm going to give you a little overview of three key areas that even if you're not spiritually interested, if you apply them to your material life, you'll, you'll be successful and be happier. How does that sound? And I'll give you some takeaways that you can add to your life, something practical that will help you. How does that sound? So here, Entrepreneurs is a brand that I started to help bridge people to the Bhakti Yoga text. Entrepreneurs means you think like an entrepreneur, but you realize that just material success is not going to cut it for you. You have to have the inner om, the inner self-success. So an entrepreneur is someone who's very successful and innovative to cultivate inner happiness and outer happiness at the same time. Because we know money doesn't make you happy, right? Apparently. So, here at the loft, we have a bit of a theme. We are revolutionary yogis. We're not on the mat passive yogis. Yogis are actually very, very strong-minded, determined, disciplined activists to, who want to create change. And we, tr we primarily create change by getting people to think differently, have a different perspective according to the yoga text, and then try to apply that to their life. So we actually go against the grain of all the strategies that you've been told out there to be happy. And I do an Art of Happiness course, three-week workshop, where I show people through all the research on happiness in the last 20 years, in psychology, from Harvard, Yale, Stanford, that all the ways you're told to be happy are not the ways to be happy. All that information is being withheld from you, unless you are proactive and you don't waste your time watching cute, cat, cute cats on YouTube and you use it for innovative research and TED Talks and educate yourself, which you can. YouTube's amazing if you use it properly. It'll destroy if you use it the wrong way. But there's loads of research out there that you realize, actually, happiness wasn't taught to me in school. How to make, how even to be sustainably happy, right? You see everyone now, the mental health, I'm not going to answer all the negative side of things, I think we've had enough of that. But people are suffering mentally, emotionally, physically, economically, socially, politically, internationally, environmentally, in every way possible today. Yet we have all these institutions. So tonight though, we're going to have a positive experience. I'm going to teach you three simple pillars of habit mastery. And you may think, habit mastery, what's habits got to do with it? If you don't... Um, I'm quite, sometimes I'm quite direct, so excuse me, so don't, don't judge the content of what I'm going to say on me, but the content I'm sharing with you is based on experience and people I'm connected to who are very successful, spiritually and some materially, that will teach you how to be happy and understand the importance of habits, because if you don't understand the power of habits, you, you can't be happy, <laughs> you can't be successful, okay? So there's three simple pillars, and there's, but people don't understand these things in detail. And I've been working on these things for a long time, and I'm going to share that with you. Who would like a purposeful and amazing future? 
I do. Okay, some of you are really certain, some of you are unsure, so hopefully you'll be really sure at the end. <laughs> the reason I ask that question is because most people are drifting. So I'm going to speak like an entrepreneur, but I'm also speaking as a yogi, because there's no real difference in their mindset. If you're actually a spiritualist, you have to think like a successful entrepreneur. Right? You have to know principles, laws, habits, to, and how to be successful, because most people are not successful, whatever you define that is. And most people don't understand that success isn't automatic. <laughs> success comes through hard work. Uh, it doesn't just drop out of the sky. What someone said to me the other day? Oh, oh, I believe I'm a good person. I believe I'm going to be successful. I said, well, good luck. I said, it's not belief that makes you successful. It's hard work. <laughs> so you, you've got it. A lot of the thinking is all a bit weird these days around, if I just believe in myself. Well, there's nothing wrong in believing in you. But that won't get you far wishing. You've got to know what you're doing. So belief is important, but it ain't going to get you there. So most people are drifting. Um, think, do you, think, be honest with yourself tonight. Do you have a really clear, defined, definite purpose and meaning that you're aiming towards? Oh, just keep it to yourself. Do you, do you actually have a clear understanding of where you're going to be in 10 years from now? Now, most people when I ask this question have a kind of like, yeah, kind of like, but what I'm talking about, do you go into every area of your life and have a plan? Your emotional state, your self-confidence, your relationships, your health, your finances. How many of you have a clear, defined objective in those areas? Think about it. Because if you don't know where you're going in those areas, who does? <laughs> right? So this is really important. So these, what I'm sharing today is something that I had to change. I had to change my thinking, to change my actions, to change my habits, because repeated actions become habits. That will create your character and your habits create your character. Your character determines your destiny. Right? So a lot of people try to change their actions, but they don't change the thinking. Right? So this is really important. So tonight is a, as a, an experiment in 30 minutes or so, hopefully I'll get in 30 minutes. I'm going to shift your perspective that you can take off and put back on, but it's to get you to think differently. Because if you want different results in your life, you've got to think differently and then do differently. Because my mentor, Craig, he's a, an entrepreneur who part of our team, he says, nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you want change and a different result next week, month's time, 10 years, a year from now, you've got to be prepared to change something. So a lot of people, I would say, you know, I find, and myself was, and I'm still working hard on this, but generally I was just drifting, drifting from one thing to another. I had no ultimate goal, direction, purpose, target. So if I didn't have a target, how could I hit anything? You can't see the target. So a lot of time, I remember in my 20s, maybe you had this experience, I got to the, my 28, and I thought, how did I get here? Why did I end up here? And I thought it was some sort of random, just like a coincidence I got there, but actually my, where I ended up when I was 28 was a culmination of all the decisions and actions I had made before that, but I wasn't aware. I just thought, how did I get here? How did this get here? How did this relationship get here? Why did I end up on my own? Why did, you know, whatever. When you ever ask yourself that question, it's because we haven't understood that we have created that future. We're just that we were drifting, or what people, the entrepreneurs say, the unconscious or the walking dead is what most people are today. That's not me, that's some, but I'm not saying you're walking dead, but a lot of people are, they have no idea. And you may say, well, does it matter? Well, that's for you to decide depending on what you think the purpose of life is. So maybe you can relate to this aimless and unfulfilled drifter to some degree. But some, maybe you do. Maybe I have drifted. Maybe I'm not quite sure what the goal of my life is, why I'm here. These are really honest questions you should ask yourself. Because tonight I want to, if you can relate to this type of person, or maybe this relates to you, then I want you to become a purpose-driven entrepreneur. An entrepreneur means someone who wants to be spiritually and materially successful. Right? And primarily spiritually, inner, inwardly. So this is, this is where we might be able to move you over to today, mate, or, or help you stay, if you're already on that side, stay there, because you can easily get knocked off. Right? 
So the three simple pillars. So maybe how would you this these are some of the symptoms that may be some that may put you in that category to some degree of being a drifter. Not not really conscious of how the universe works, how things work, how do I get should I be having goals? What are my goals? Should I be aimless? So maybe these are some of the symptoms, like you've you've been through school, higher education, had a job, but somehow as you go through this, what I call the process that governments put you through today, you go through this process of schooling and somehow they just, they come out the other end of it and then it's like, now figure it out. <laughs> Who's had an experience after uni? You came out with the paper and it's like, what do I do now? I suppose I just get a job and, and, and you just realize you've just got information, but you don't know how to handle life. You don't know, have, any, have no financial IQ. You don't even know what a passive income means. You know, you don't even, you know what I mean? You don't know how to have a relationship. You've had lots of flings, but you have no idea how to have a deep, sustainable, loving relationship with someone and the realities of that. How many of you got trained like that at school? How to have a long-lasting, meaningful relationship and know what you're heading into? How many taught you, how many, how many of you, by the way, I used to be a school teacher, so I can say this. I've been a secondary and primary school teacher. Um, yeah, how many of you learned how to budget? Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Most people's finances are atrocious. No people have any understanding of debt and, and finance and things like that. I didn't. Because you don't know what you don't know, right? You just don't. And the thing is, there's a lot of things we don't know that we should know that they should have told us that we should know. Right? And that's why I left mainstream education because, you know, personally, in my opinion, I think a lot of it's a waste of time. That's just my opinion, don't take it as a general thing. So, have no primary goal or purpose in life. Maybe you can resonate. What do you mean primary purpose or goal? Well, that, that, that you'll be called from a spiritual entrepreneur as you're a drifter. You have no idea that you're being moved into a future whether you plan your future or not. Right? Oh, why should I think about purpose and future? Well, nature has a purpose and future for your body. You know, every day the sun sets and rises, the entrepreneur, spiritual entrepreneur knows your body is being pushed to a conclusion, whether you like it or not. See, this is why we don't want to be drifting. I want you to get over the other side, become purpose-driven. Said to yourself at some point, what is the point to life? Has anyone had that? What is the point? Why am I working so hard? Yeah, honest, honest person then. You see older people and you hope your life doesn't end up like that. I'm talking like in profession. Oh, he's putting your hand. Yeah, I mean, I worked as a sprinkler fitter in, I, to put it more in a schnazzy way, I was an industrial water aqua engineer. No, I was a sprinkler fitter. And um, I saw those working who had been in the, the uh, industry for 20, 30 years, and I just looked at them and thought, no way, I'm out of here. I went into teaching. <laughs> Got good money, but I saw what it did to my body, the lifestyle, the culture, working on building sites. Psh, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Wished you had more options and more control over your future. Who would like that? Oh. Because despite everything out of control today, there is things in your voluntary control that you can do to have a very fulfilling life. If you understand real fulfillment, there is no impediments to a fulfilling life, even if you're living in a war-torn war -torn place. Who would like to know that kind of knowledge? So, I'm just going to briefly go through these. Maybe you've tried to fix things along the way. Change courses, careers, jobs, therapies. Courses to cope with life. Mindfulness courses, this course, that course. Given up thinking about it. Oh, what's the point? Just the weekend's coming, time to forget. Let's just keep going. Who knows where the world's going to end up, right? I mean, some of you are smiling. You're smiling a lot. Maybe, this <laughs> Maybe I'm reading your mind. I'm just joking. Yeah. Distracting yourself. Hey, distraction's a big one. Gaming and all those other things uh, on the internet. A lot of distraction. Hey, wasting time. The amount of people. I can't believe. I mean, I've never liked video games. I mean, I have played them before, but we. I grew up in the era of the original Nintendos and big boxes in the arcades. And but the amount of time people spend on playing gaming, I just think, what a waste of time. You know, 
But anyway, that's what people want to do. It's up to them. It's, I mean, it's just my opinion. So we want to go that way. Who would like to go that way or be that way or stay that way? Okay, there I caught you. There you go. Ooh. So, we are spiritual Olympians. So imagine, I'm going to take you on a journey. This is, this is the beginning. Sharing some wisdom here. So, if you wanted to, say today, all of you here wanted to go to the Olympics. So I just suddenly just got inspired by the women's rugby or something. And, no, I'm not going to go there. So, you suddenly have this great aspiration to, to be an Olympian, you know, runner or high jump or whatever it is, or even rugby or hockey or whatever it is. I think they have all these sports in the Olympics, don't they? Maybe. Something like that. So, you get the point. So, do you think, it's a rhetorical question, do you think you're going to have to change your life a bit? of what you're currently doing. Because right? that goal's important to you, you realize that that's my purpose and meaning now. Do you think you're gonna have to change, right? Now what sort of things are you gonna have to change? Anyone wanna share? What would you have to change in your life? Suddenly it's like, God, Olympics. Okay, four year plans, four years away. So what's, you know, what are you gonna have to change? Anyone? Sleeping habits. Sleeping habits, like, do you wanna give an example? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to have extra hours, cut back your sleep. Anything else? Well done. Awesome. Diet. Yeah, be specific. Come on, it's good diet. What would you have to change? No, you have to. <laughs> yeah, no junk food. Specific diet, more protein. You know, all that. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? Steroids. <laughs> Well, hopefully they test for these now, don't they? Let's assume you've got testing and you're going you're gonna to do it natural. But you're going to have to stop taking drugs. And take legal ones, I don't know. Probably have to stop taking drugs, eh? None of you have taken drugs, I know. It's funny how people's eyes twitch when they say that. So, uh, <laughs> stop me. Uh, yeah, you've got to change your diet, yeah? Your habits, your sleep, anything else? Your identity. Your identity, in what way? That's interesting. Like identity shift, kind of. Like identity shift. You have to like think you're a new person, or like kind of like move into like. Awesome. You've kind of gone where most people go last. You have to change you. You have to shift how you think. The sense of what's important to you. Your inner change has to happen. Otherwise, the outer habits, these things, they won't last. Right? That's a very good point. Right? You have to change how you think. What are you going to do? One thing you're going to need, what's one thing you definitely need if you want to go to the Olympics? Other than training. You need a mentor. Someone who has the results that you want. The better the coach, the more likelihood you're going to get. You want someone who's actually been to the Olympics, not the local guy who's done, come out of uni and done a physio course or something, right? I have a question. Yes. Uh, if there's Olympics and there's several subjects and you like this and this and swimming oh. and tennis, okay. how you can then you stop, do the... stop picking it up, you know, and switching from one subject to second subject and but you love everything. How you choose? Do the triathlon. One matter. <laughs> <laughs> to push you to get this gold medal. How to choose one matter? You have to do one at a time. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because this that links to like philosophical point that we are a very tiny spiritual spark. We're not unlimited. So we have to accept our limitedness in, in the sense that we can't do everything at the same time. So we have to do one thing at a time. You have to choose. Or do a triathlon. So you can do biking, swimming, running, all in one race. I'm sure there's some, or you can create your own new sport, which is all the combination of the ones that you love and make it a new Olympic thing. That would be a great goal, wouldn't it? I like tennis, swimming, and rock climbing. And then you put them together and you call it something and everyone, and it becomes a new Olympic sport. That's one option. I'm always solution-orientated, you see, because we're going to get into this habit thing. But your thinking would have to change. 
You'd have to prioritize. But at least you've started thinking about options. Most people don't even look at the future. So there's lots of changes have to happen, but you have to change how you think. You've got to become disciplined. You've got to stop doing what you want when you want. You've got to regulate yourself. Ugh. Right? But when it comes to spiritual things, this is the last thing people think is spiritual. And they're so off the mark. <laughs> spiritual practices, spiritual life also requires these things. Because you have to earn and put work in to get something. It doesn't take an ayahuasca trip to become enlightened. You don't take a pill to become enlightened. It may give you some inclinations and understandings of things and push you forward, those kinds of things. But the idea that when it comes to spiritual, you have a one-off experience and somehow you, you've made the level of Buddha or something. You know, it requires the same thing. See, back to yogis. Yogis are very grounded in science and practicality. So here, we're going to go into these principles and habits for success. I'm going to give you three and some takeaways. So all these elements of the Olympic success exist within the complete yoga teachings. That's why I came up with entrepreneurs. If you want to be successful spiritually, you need to be, think like an entrepreneur. You have to understand the habits and principles. It's the same as someone going to the Olympics. You've got to want it. And you've got to be willing to prepare to shape your life around that goal. You've got to be willing to put the work in. You've got to be willing to, to cut back and prioritize for the goal. People get a little bit scary when people get into spiritual things and suddenly they're cutting back. They're, they're, um, particularly, you know, the bhakti yogis, we refrain from certain things. We don't do certain things. Just like a sportsman. I can't do that. I want that. I have to do this to get that. So in Bhakti Yoga, we follow the, the, the principles of any spiritual practice. We refrain from eating things that don't help our consciousness. We don't put things in our mouth and our bodies that are going to disrupt our ability to meditate and concentrate and have a healthy relationship with the world and, and the source of existence and the divine. We don't um, gamble and we don't um, have unnecessary use of our powers and energies, particularly sexual energy, we control it in a regulated way, so it doesn't harm others or exploit others, and we use it for what it's meant for. This, this often, people go, oh, I like yoga till it got to that point. But do you think athletes have to control all those energies too? Of course they do. I studied martial arts for many years, I've been practicing for 20 years. You have to control your sexual energy, your eating capacity, all these energies that you have. You can't just do what you want with, with that and expect to get success. You live in a dream, off the wall. But in the name of sometimes spirituality and things, we think those things are just like, well, well you know, it's all spiritual. No, it's just it's childishness. So today I'm, I'm bridging your, I'm actually introducing those who are new today that back to yogis, we are serious, disciplined entrepreneurs with a spiritual core practices that can give you successful results spiritually and materially. Not a belief, not a faith. Yeah. So, so we have a scientific lifestyle and a process. So the power and mastery of habits. So all success hinges on the mastery of habits. So I've kind of probably overemphasized it. But however you want to be successful, you've got to master habits in all arenas of your life. You can't try to have a successful marriage and be a drunkard, you know. <laughs> you can't work on your marriage to be successful, and at the same time you can't control your diet and what you put in your body, right? Because <laughs> it's not going to work. You have to have success in all areas of life, right? You can't be financially um, happy and then be sick and, and be happy. <laughs> you need to be healthy and wealthy. Right? And health is obviously more better than wealth. So what I'm getting at is in, in, in genuine yoga, you know, on the mat yoga is fine, but if you don't have all areas of your life, you don't understand the complete yoga package, your mind, body, everything, your, how to have children, how to interact, how to eat, how to sleep. If you don't understand real yoga, which is off the mat 90%, and you can't get that area of your life right, then you can't be successful in yoga. You have to be successful in all areas of life to be happy, right? Is this making sense? So, 
success is then automatically linked to your lifestyle. So if you think about it, if you're going to develop be that, that Olympian, you've got to change your habits and your thinking, and you've got to create a lifestyle, a pattern of habits, a lifestyle that's going to lead over those four years to the culmination and compounding effect that you can hit that track and do the time you want, right? And it's all done gradually, of course. It compounds. You build, you build, you build, right? If anyone's done any serious sport, you have to build slowly, build a foundation, right? And you have to understand the power of habits because you're not going to want to do the habits and the self-mastery if you don't understand the power that it gives you and the result that it gives you, right? You've got to know why you're doing it, right? So I'm not going to get into why power tonight, but you've got to know why you're doing what you're doing, okay? It's got to be important to you emotionally. So I discovered three pillars and elements of mastery of habits for success. I'm going to share these pillars, but I'm not going to know a huge amount of detail because you have to come to my workshops in December for that, okay? And they're free, free workshops here. So that's why I created my entrepreneur's program. I, I haven't launched it yet because I got insomnia six months ago and I'm back on track. So I was going to do a launch and I'm helping people bridge into this yoga lifestyle through, the, through, through that brand. So here are the three pillars. So here we go. This is sharing with you. We're going to detail in the workshops, but you can go away and do your own research on these areas. There's so much out there. So if you want to be successful and have mastery of habits, and mastery of habits means you are now in, to some degree more in control of your life. And these are within your control, most of these. Okay. So the first one is you have to think right. right. As we were pointing out, if you wanted to actually get to the Olympics, you're going to have to change. You, you, you must have read biographies of very successful sports people, and they, go, they talk about this transformation they went through and the struggles they went through and the, and the hitting low bottom and coming back up and having the coach and all that. That is absolutely essential in spiritual life also. However you want to be successful, you've got to get your thinking right. You've got to allow and get used to suffering. <laughs> you've got to start, you've got to, you've got to be willing to sacrifice. You've got to be willing to do what average people won't do, which is, a lot of the time, get up really early. You look at any successful Navy SEAL, military person, someone financially, they all, these people like Tesla, they get up real early. Minimum sleep, because they know what they want. They have the driven, they've got the goal. And everyone within us can find that goal if we just give ourselves some time out of the distractions to figure out what you want. So you've got to get thinking. And how does someone think right? We'll get a little few examples of this. I want to give you some takeaways. So you need to know where you're going. You've got to have all these three together. So we'll put them all together so you know, because this one down the bottom is now becoming in fashion, but you know, a lot of industries now, accountability. But you've got to have all three. And, uh, the goals, you've got to know where you're going. You've got to have the mindset of growth, which we're going to give you some takeaways today. How do I develop the right mindset? I'm going to show you how a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Right? You've got to be willing to let go of self-limiting beliefs about yourself. You've got to understand more about who you are and the capacity that you have to change. And a lot of that comes from simply the way that we see the world and the way we're thinking. We limit ourselves. Oh, I'm no good. I can't do that. Right? Well, that's, that's not possible for me. Right? These kind of beliefs, you have to get away from average thinking into growth thinking. That's one example. And obviously, goal setting is not as simple as it seems. Goal, simple, goal setting, which I'll go into in my workshop, will get, is, is a science. There's proven things you need to do, how to develop your goal and how to reach your goal and how to make a plan and how that plan needs to be executed. You have to understand the laws of success, how the universe works. Okay. And then accountability is your third ingredient. That means either a coach, a buddy, yourself, your partner, whatever, your dog. You've got to be accountable. You've got to be able to show up and every day and be willing to do those things that are going to move you forward whether you feel like it or not. If you go on like today, oh, I don't feel, I don't feel. If you live a life like that, you will never be successful because your feelings aren't what should be driving your life. Imagine a train. 
And all the carriages of the train represent your feelings. Is the train moving? No, there's no, you, you, the engine drives, pulls you. So all your, you can go from one carriage to another feeling different things, but the locomotive has to be moving because <laughs> this is all going to change. You've got to not allow your feelings to determine what you're going to do. So that takes training, that takes fortitude, that takes pushing yourself beyond the mind. And that's what sports people know and yogis know this far better and deeper. You have to get beyond the mental state of how you feel and think all the time. You have to be able to analyze your thoughts. Is this thought that's come to me, is this adding value to me and moving me forward or shall I reject it? How many people live like that? You just think your thoughts are you. Which again, which is a lack of training in spiritual knowledge. No, you're the person in the body having the thought. Thoughts just come and go. You can reject them. You can give them whatever meaning you want. There's never a meaning to those thoughts until you give it a meaning. Right? So you're different from your mind and body. Right? So these three pillars, accountability is the third one. You need to have a plan and be accountable to someone, at least one person, to show up every day to what you want to do. I don't know if you've ever seen Rocky films. Have you seen all the Rocky films? You know? If you want to be successful, you have to do what Rocky did. There's no way around it. <laughs> There's no way around it. You don't have to speak like him. No, I'm joking. But you have to... <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, you have to admire his determination. So these are the three pillars. So each day you need to have a plan. How can I grow my mindset for success? There's so much resources out there. Am I engaged in watching things and listening to people and being around people who are not adding value to me? Am I just wasting and killing time with these people or these situations? Or am I passing time watching Netflix when I could be building my mindset for a greater future? That's one thing you can change today. Right? Goals. Do I know? Shall I sit down and learn about goal setting and figure out where it is I want to be and break my life up into areas? Where do I want to be? Let's start with one. Could be just health, diet. That's right? usually common. What about relationships? What about your self-worth, confidence? Make a goal. Because if you don't know where you're going, you will just drift and stay where you are. And in five years, you'll go, how did I get here? Because you did nothing. You just did the same thing. You do the same thing, you're going to get the same result. So if you're wondering what results you have today, if you keep doing what you're doing when you leave here, you will get the same result. Because nothing changes. Nothing changes. So I'm trying to shift your perspective. So of those areas, the first one in the mindset, transformational thinking, growth mindset. You need to get rid of anchors, things that are holding you back. Willing to look at your past and conditioning and think, why am I still hanging on to that? Why am I still frightened of relationships just because my parents divorced and my dad was an asshole? You know, whatever. How long are we going to hang on to these things that are holding us back? And we're going to start focusing on the future and where I should be heading. And the yogis stress you should be focused on where you're heading because nature has a goal for you. So that's why we inspire you to look at the real goal of your life moving forward. Your spiritual goal. Developing personal power, EQ. So much lacking today. The one thing I loved about military school, it taught me emotional resilience. How to handle crap, curveballs, because they're coming. And people get knocked down so easily these days. You're, how to get up. Material nature, as the yogis know, is ruthless. You cannot have happiness without distress. So as soon as you're happy, you have to expect the stress to come. But it's how you handle it is the difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person. So building emotional resilience in the goal setting. You've got to know your why, the goal. So maybe tonight as I'm talking, something's coming up for you. Note it down when you go home and make it a goal. Because you're emotionally invested in that goal that will drive you. The why power. So much online you can read about these things. And we're going to look at today at some takeaways, doable, compound effect. 
And of course, three, accountability means what am I going to do today and tomorrow and the next day that's just enough to move me forward 1% every day without fail, to make sure that that goal happens. You have to do 1% at a time, one step at a time. You can't just leave it a few days, another week. Procrastination is a soul destroyer, right? So now you know these three key pillars. Now you can go away, and if you put them all together and you refine them and work on them over the next few years, you will become very successful. Particularly inside, because you are controlling the controllables in your life, despite what goes on around you. It will build you up to handle life. It will build you up to understand that you need a goal. And most of all, the most important goal is that we should help people. Help yourself, build yourself, and help the people who are totally messed up out there, who don't know these basic principles of life. Would that be a great thing to help a thousand people before you die actually better their lives and leave a legacy of mindset that can be carried on through generations? How about that? You can do that. If you just impact 10 people powerfully in the rest of your life, they will have children and a family and they will pass that on to their kids. That's how you create change. It's an inward thing. This is the power. Change the thinking. And then you pass that on to your children and then on. If you're drifting, your kids will drift. I drifted because my parents drifted. I love my parents. But they didn't know what they were doing for whatever reasons. Right. It wasn't until I came in contact with persons who had the results that I wanted, who had success. And it often it's nothing to do with blood and success. Sometimes your family can be more than your own family. It can be people who you meet. And that's why I've been a part of the Bhakti Yogi community, because real success is here. All these principles are taught by the genuine yogis. And success, success beyond just body and mind, which is really important. Okay. So the transformation, that's what we want to do. So your first takeaway, you can find this online, have a go. Your first takeaway is a mindset shift. I'm not going to get through everything today, but we can do it in the workshop. So your input, what you listen to, who you listen to, what you watch on Netflix, whatever you're putting through your input into your senses and brain through hearing and seeing, that creates your thinking and your thinking creates how you feel and your feelings create your actions you repeat them, and then your habits, your habits create your character, and your character creates your destiny. So where you are today is the result of the input that you received. Do you like where you're at completely? If you want more, you need to change your thinking. You need new input. So this is the primary purpose of the loft, is to give you amazing knowledge and input that you can go away and make that change. The second takeaway. Oops, gone too far. Is, I'm not going to, these pierced persons here, what are the characteristics of the mindset of these examples? The person on the right is actually the founder of the, um, this Bhakti Yoga, who bought this wisdom, genuine wisdom and science from India, one of the only real authentic teachers from India in the 60s. And his name is Srila Prabhupada. And he went through so many setbacks, so much trouble in India. Um, threats to his life, his business failed, but yet they, after years and decades of trying to spread this knowledge back into India to get authentic Indian knowledge back on the map, he left at the, a late age um, in his 60s on a boat that wasn't fit for animals to come over to the West to give this knowledge and had two heart attacks on the way. His story is absolutely incredible. But the thing to focus on is what was his mindset? Same with these persons here. What's this? So they had a growth mindset. So he was consistent and persistent with his actions and activities to pursue his goal relentlessly. This is what you need to be successful. You need to be solution oriented. Stop focusing on the problems, focus on the solutions. You hear all these things, but you have to do it. All of those persons we saw, famous people, they've gone through all trials and tribulations, strong belief, unshakable focus, flexible, adaptable, and, and a relentless pursuit for that goal or truth. And all of these persons, we often look at them and go, they're special. No, they're not. 
The only difference between them and us is that they think like this and act like this. And we all have the potential to do the same. You, don't, you only see these people when they become famous. No one knew who Srila Prabhupada was until he, about 50 years later. <laughs> this whole time in India, no one knew who he was. He was an insignificant holy man, sadhu. And by the age of 66, 67, he spread the fastest growing spiritual movement in known history. And everyone would, thought it was a mass invasion of the Hare Krishna Bhakti Yogis. 50 years or more of a life in preparation for that goal. So you can do research. Start thinking. You want to take away, take away. Try to understand the fixed mindset against the growth mindset. Lots of great books out there and things you can read on that. Particularly Bhagavad Gita. Oh. Third takeaway. Life-changing session. Because of time, I'm going to jump these and we're going to go to a video. So this is really powerful. Some of you have seen it before, but if you haven't seen it, you don't have to do a huge amount every day. All these trainers, people, they just do a certain amount each day, but every day. And that activity, every thought that you have, every action you do, every, everything you do repeatedly every day compounds over time. You know what compounding means? It means it, it increases every day. It's not 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1. It goes 1 plus 2 plus 4 plus 8 plus 16. So when you are negatively talking to yourself, talking to others, having bad habits, eating the wrong thing, watching the wrong thing, going to the wrong places, misspending your money, that compounds over time negatively or positively. Here's the example. Oh, can you see? Maybe you can do the lights. Thanks. Oh, I didn't plug it in. I'll have to change it over. One second. I know what I'm doing. Oh, sorry. There we Itself. Every day you have to move yourself forward in a small way which will compound over time. Such a powerful video, but yet to grasp what it's really saying is you're under laws. 
And if you're drifting, you don't know and, not, and you're unconscious of the decisions and thoughts and things you're doing every day. You don't see how it's compounding and creating a future for you, whether you like it or not. You can believe it or not. It's creating your future. So we have to come up to the standard that the yogis say, become conscious, then become Krishna conscious, spiritually conscious. Become conscious that you're under laws, you're under the grip of certain laws, the way the world works. Right? And there's a purpose and a goal that you have that you're meant to be moving towards. But if you're drifting the way the consumer world is keeping you right now, trying to control everything, and by God, they're going to start controlling everything soon. Right? You have to understand these things. Because once you become conscious, you start making decisions and you start moving your evolution of your consciousness and your purpose towards its goal. Because if you're not, you're going the other way. Everything's compounding one way or another. There's no neutral decision that you're ever making. There's always a reaction. Karma. <laughs> so every minute decision has a huge impact on your life. This is exciting because it's like, whoa, but hang on a minute. Now you can take control of your life. Start looking at what things that you're doing. Don't, don't go away and overdo it. Just do a little thing at a time. So your daily habits, are they in line with the goals where you want to head? That's how you decide what to do each day. Is what I'm doing moving me ahead? There's some things you can't control. Have to go to work, have these obligations. And the last takeaway, which I don't really have time for, but I was going to get into the goal setting. So I'm going around the pillars here. Mindset, compound effect, goal setting. If you're going to set goals, I'll go over this in my workshop on the 7th and 14th that you're welcome to come. And if you want to come, you can come and see me, give me your email and I'll have some freebies. For those who sign up now, we'll get some extra uh, goodies before the workshop. Okay, so you can come to your workshop and I'll, and I'll go more into deta detail, into goal setting and having a vision. That takes some training. I, it took me a long time to get my head around vision, goal setting. It's not so easy. Because we're just not used to thinking in that way. Right? So the workshop will do that. So I'm gonna leave the goal setting. These are some of the resources I give people to break it up. This is accountability that I do with my thriving Bhakti members where they are accountable every day. They're growing in their spiritual habits. This is a Savitri. They do a debrief in, in the evening of things they set out to do each day. They, they have affirmations. They speak into their days what they want to happen. Um, they have a tracking sheet. And so they're accountable and they can map out what's really going on in my life. They've got a map of all the things. They've got a clear guidance of what's happening in their lives. So that's accountability. So what a vision is so important. Your brain needs direction and you need to be responsible and activated 100%. So leaving you just with this last thought on back to yoga, learning the science of the soul. You see, um, to make the best use of a bad bargain, meaning in material existence, we have this temporary material body and mind. And according to the yoga text, we do have our ultimate purpose and goal for our spiritual consciousness evolution. We're meant to end the struggle of being in limitation. Dealing with the sukhanduk, happiness and distress, always the duality hitting us. You can never get pure happiness in this world. But it is possible to obtain pure happiness according to the spiritual entrepreneurs, the Bhakti Yoga. And we need to spiritualize. Instead of negating, within the second paragraph, similarly, detachment from material activities can be affected by spiritual activities, not by material inertia. So a lot of people think spirituality means to reduce. Money's bad. 